Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Awaken Together podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Jen. And in today's episode, we are doing a deep dive in the Enneagram. The Enneagram. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Jen is stoked. This is I'm like a nerd on Enneagram. How many times have we referenced Enneagram and this episode hasn't happened? So we are here. I know. It is happening. <laughs> overdue. We're so excited for it. So if you're unfamiliar with the Enneagram, just to give you a little bit of info before I hand it off to Jen and she takes us away into another realm with it, (laughs) Enneagram is a language rather than a personality quiz. So while many other behavioral systems and personality typing models are really based towards the what and the how of what you do, um, Enneagram is different because it is really focused on the ability of describing what motivates you and why you engage in the world that way, the way that you do. And Enneagram, it can help you figure out what things trigger you and understand that we all react disproportionately to different dynamics or different emotions and it helps us understand why that is. It also helps us identify our reactive behaviors to stress and it also points out that we have choices in how we respond. Absolutely. And I highly recommend if you have never taken an Enneagram test that you maybe pause the episode and go and take it so you know what your number is. That's going to help you as you go through this episode to kind of hear maybe what fits for you. Yeah. One website that we recommend, uh, well, if you want to do that right now, it's to go to eclecticenergies.com. You could Google Eclectic Energies Enneagram tests. It's free, whereas some of the other websites try to charge you. So this is a good one that we found. Definitely. And then you have your number and you might get a result that has a number with a little W and another number. And so we'll talk about what that means to have a little wing Um, But whatever number comes first on your result, that is your main type. And I will explain what all of that means as we go along. But the Enneagram for me, I probably discovered it, I want to say about four years ago. And it was one of the first tools that I think really helped me see myself from an outside perspective. We talk a lot about self-analysis and kind of figuring out why you do what you do, which is kind of dismantling the ego. I feel like the Enneagram gave me a beautiful checklist of what my fears were, how I responded in stress, where my ease and growth was, what inspired me. And I was able to really work with a lot of my childhood wounds with my Enneagram number. I felt like it was one of the best tools for shadow work. And when I got into it, I had a lot of my friends, a lot of my family take this test. And I was really able to look at the interpersonal connection between numbers, look at why we hit rough patches and stuff. And I felt like it really helped me depersonalize a lot of the responses people have. It's sometimes hard to remember that we each are battling kind of our own, 
yeah, our own way of being based on our past experiences, behaviors, family dynamics, traumas. And a lot of times when we see someone respond a certain way, we can say, why did they have to act like that? That doesn't make any sense. And you can take it really personal and feel hurt by others' actions. The Enneagram for me helped to kind of give a way to view other people and to do it in a way where I'm extending compassion to their own personal quirks. And it also helped me kind of come up with more communication strategies because once I knew the motive behind a lot of numbers, I was able to use that as a tool to better understand people. And that for me was huge. Yeah, it can be really easy to judge people when you don't know where they're coming from, right? So I know you have had like everyone in your life do the Enneagram test (laughs) to have this like greater understanding. And I have like pretty much all the people closest to me. I know their numbers too. It's so helpful. Absolutely. So let's do it. I'm going to give you a breakdown of each of the types and there are nine Enneagram types. So we'll go through the list just so you can hear what all the numbers are and then we'll take it from there. So type one is the very first one. They are known as the perfectionists. They are very ethical, dedicated, and reliable, and they are motivated by a desire to live the right way, to improve the world, and avoid fault and blame. So this is definitely your standard like type A personality. Type 1s will really come off strong and doing things kind of in a checklist form. Type 2s are the helpers. Cough cat. <laughs> And they are known as being warm, caring, and giving. They are motivated by a need to be loved and needed and to uh, avoid acknowledging their own needs. So that is their top struggle is putting so much work into other people that sometimes their own needs go neglected. I'm also married to a type two, but we'll get into that. (laughs) Uh, The next type is type three. They are known as the achievers, the performers. They are success oriented, image conscious, and are wired for productivity. They are motivated by a need to be or appear to be successful and to avoid failure. Type threes are like our traditional like workaholics that are like in the office all day long um type fours are known as the individualist i've also seen them referred to as the romantics they are creative sensitive and moody they are motivated by a need to be understood and experience their oversized feeling and avoid being ordinary another term for type fours is like the starving artist that like nobody understands me so i'll channel it into my work <laughs> type fives are known as the investigators they are analytical they can be a bit detached and private they are motivated by a need to gain knowledge conserve energy and avoid relying on others these are people known as your classic introverts they usually a lot of people say they like hardly ever meet type fives because type fives are not leaving the house nearly as much as the other numbers <laughs> my dad's a type five and he has been in his room since 19 
Um, type sixes. This is me. Um, they are the loyalists. They are committed, practical, and witty. They are worst case scenario thinkers who are motivated by fear and a need for security. So type sixes are most commonly your comedians. They have like that anxiety that they channel into like dark humor or sarcastic humor. That's usually your sixes, but underneath it is a pretty anxious temperament. Type sevens are the enthusiasts, fun, spontaneous, and adventurous. They are motivated by a need to be happy and plan stimulating experiences and to avoid pain. In type sevens, it's not just casual. They avoid pain like they really avoid pain. Like if you even (laughs) tried to talk to them about something deeper, they're the type that'll like, yeah, start turning up the music and just start dancing like complete avoidant avoidant behavior but they are so fun to be around because they will just completely not go into any of the dark side of things Um, type eights are known as the challengers they are commanding intense and confrontational they are motivated by a need to be strong and avoid feeling weak or vulnerable type eights are known as your debaters they're the people that often want to constantly prevent evoke in some type of way like ask you a question like well why would you think that they're (laughs) traditionally the ones that are going to kind of stir the fire in social settings and then type nine our final number is the peacekeeper they are pleasant laid back and accommodating they are motivated by a need to keep the peace merge with others and avoid conflict type nines are also kind of get the stereotype of being lazier they need more recharge time than any other number and they are also they usually are found really trying to wind themselves down because they absorb a lot so Mm -hmm. that is the general overview of all the types but I wanted to let you know that as you take the test when you get that main number there is a number that You'll get your main type. So let's use me as an example. I am a type six. Well, with each number, you have a number that you mirror when you're going towards growth or ease, and then a number you become more when you're in a stressful situation. And it's really important to get to know both of those numbers as well. So as you do kind of a deeper dive on what your own number is, and the Enneagram Institute is kind of the main site that'll pop up when you Google it. So you can read about your main number, but I would also go on a deep dive into your growth number and your stress number. And we will review a little bit more of what that means in a little bit. But I also wanted to let you know about what wings are, because wings are something that'll come up often in your test result. So if you are a type six like me, you could be a wing five or a wing seven so you can have a little bit of the number beside your number so cat's a type two she could have a wing one or a wing three she has a wing three and for (laughs) me i am a six wing seven so i have a little bit of that seven side but your wings can kind of change out you can kind of embody both of the numbers a little bit beside you but often when you do your test it'll tell you what your wing is most likely and you're probably going to feel like although you mainly have the energy of your main number you probably feel that you embody a little bit of the qualities of that number next to you 
Make mm-hmm. sense? <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for explaining all of that. It's it's amazing just to like go through and hear. And I'm sure even like our listeners, as you're hearing these types, these numbers and the qualities to it, you might be considering people in your life already who you don't know like their numbers and you're kind of like putting them, giving them, allocating them numbers. Because Absolutely. <laughs> intuitively like kind of understand this stuff. But it's also interesting, I think, to guess someone's number and then ask them like what they got on the test too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like I'm always pretty spot on when I guess somebody's number, but it is fascinating because with the stress and growth numbers, you might see a little bit more of the other side of that person than what they kind of mainly are functioning on. But yeah, oh my gosh, a fate. When I first learned the Enneagram, I, I read a few books on it and faces were just popping into my head for each one. I'm like, <laughs> that is definitely it. I made my husband's entire family take it too. My mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, <laughs> like I was like, I got to know everybody's number, but let's talk about our own little personal experience with it, Kat. So I'd love to hear you explain your number and just what Enneagram's done for you. And then we'll get back into some nerdy information. Yeah, awesome. So when I, I've, you know, I've gone through this like big spiritual awakening in the past, oh, seven years, I'd say, which is crazy to actually say seven years. Like what? Whoa, time flies. (laughs) Um, But I used to be like a very much an achiever, like total type three. And then once I started like really understanding the way that I am, why I am the way that I am, um, diving into more personality tests, questioning things, understanding my beliefs separate from what I've been taught to believe as true, my type started to change. And I'm uh, really excited for you to get into the the growth pieces and the challenging pieces next, because um, seeing yourself in different types is, is a big part of this practice for me anyway. So I went from more of this like super hyper achiever to the helper. And I've, I guess I've always kind of been the helper in, in some ways, but now like there's no question in my mind and it's aligned with what I do in my career. It's aligned with how I show up in my friendships. Um, and it helps me bring understanding of like, okay, my people pleasing tendencies are the way they are because of my Enneagram type. Like my Enneagram type is that way because of the way I've been brought up and um, just all the things I've been taught in my conditioning. So So you're a two wing three or maybe Uh even a three wing two at some point in time. So you're kind of bouncing between those two numbers. So we'll use Kat as an example for stress and growth and I can share it in my own personal and then I'll give us a nice list. So there is a theory. It's called soul child theory. It went around on a ton of Enneagram blogs and accounts, but it was really believed that, and I got to chime this in too, best believe that people have done crossovers between Enneagram and astrology. That's a side boat. Well, (laughs) we won't go there, but I love how it all like pieces together. But However, your original soul blueprint was, they usually say that you probably started off in your younger childhood years as your number that you go to in growth. Mm 
So when you check your Enneagram number, the arrow that leads to another number and it says in growth was probably more what you embodied as a child. So for you, Kat, that means you would have been a little bit more like a four as a kid, which type fours are known as being, yeah, more independent on their own. They can be a little bit moody and temperamental, but they like to kind of find a sense of creativity and they really feel a strong sense of individuality but somewhere along the way maybe that side of you just was not getting rewarded enough and you got a lot more rewarded for helping people so you kind of settled more into the two and yeah maybe you got complimented a lot for what you did around the house or thank you for helping me with that like then that too kind of set in a little bit stronger. But for you, what you're trying to work back to is embodying a little bit more of the four. So if we think of this in like inner child healing, you're kind of trying to go back to a place where although you still are going to always love to help people and love to feel needed, you want to embody a little bit of that sense of individuality and, and find a link and passion for your creativity and to let yourself spend that alone time to process emotions and stuff more because for you, that chronic need to help people can start to interfere and take away from that sense of self that you deeply want to stay plugged in and tuned to. And then when I wish Kat you could get- all see me because I'm just like <laughs> nodding my head like nonstop like, yep, uh-huh. Without even knowing me as a child, you are speaking it into existence. Like that's exactly how I was. I was a super creative kid and very independent firstborn. And uh, yeah, I remember thinking to myself like, I'm going to show these people I'm gonna be famous one day and they're all gonna regret not like treating me well and (laughs) like I literally yeah had those thoughts it's amazing that's so great and yeah the really cool part is you uh when you are angry, you become an eight and I am married to a type two. So I know the type two so well. And when they go into their challenger mode, when they are stressed out, they all of a sudden like get so like they will not hear anyone else's opinion. They can get very charged and just like, I'm going for this. There's no ifs, ands, or buts, no compromise. The eights get real strong and challengery. Do you relate with that a little cat? Oh yeah. It's like when when I'm triggered in that way, it's like, oh, I'm fast. I'm quick and like I know what I want. I know what I need. No standing in my way. That's so funny. And my husband is very much the same way. He, when he gets into eight mode, I just go quiet because I'm like, he needs to just get this out because I know he helps a lot. And this is his like periodic explosion of just like, I need to get it out. And it comes so rarely, but I think type twos are one of the funniest because when they go into stress, it's so different than their core number that you're like, oh, hello, eight. The eight has arrived. (laughs) Takes everyone off guard like whoa who's this yeah yeah we listen up when you guys shift like it I listen I deeply listen so I'll explain my own number two just to keep kind of giving a reference tool of how to look but I am a type six the loyalist and I have a wing seven and so I have a little bit of that enthusiast adventurous type seven which is like such a funny pair because 
uh, I have this like kind of fear-based thinking. Like I'm always, when I, when I enter a space, I'm looking at what could go wrong. I'm very observant of my environment. I'm constantly overanalyzing stuff. I am always in my head playing out scenarios. And then I have that little seven wing, which will like make me do something spontaneous. Like living out of my car for a year. Like that was my seven wing. My six would have never done that. My six would have been like, this is stupid. This will put me behind for X amount of years. Like that's where I really get into kind of a panic mode of the future. That's when my six is like really present. That seven wing really helps me have like this kind of like fun, looser side. So I'm thankful for my type seven. Um, But my number, when I am doing better, I become a nine. So nines are the people peacekeepers. So as a little Jen, I really was very good at keeping to myself. I definitely still had a lot. I think the six got kicked in pretty early for me. I started off relatively calm, but my family, somewhere along the way, I realized that I couldn't really stay in my own peace bubble because I needed to stay on top of things and I was taught to fear every single thing around me. Like, be careful for that. Watch out for that. This is after you. This, this, this. So I had so many fear things pushed on me as a kid that I became my hypervigilant little sick self. And now with through yoga and meditation, I'm trying so hard to get back to honor my little peacekeeper self that just <laughs> wants to sit in calm and doesn't need to think everything through that can live more in the present and I work on embodying that all the time. And then my number in stress is a type three. And so that's the achiever. So Kat, it's funny you have that little wing three. When I get really stressed out, I used to do so, I used to be so bad about this, but I've really seen it shift. I don't think I go to my stress number anywhere near as much as I used to. I think I'm a lot better at reading my own cues But when I become a three, I start just like manically cleaning, manically like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) trying to organize my life. Like it may, it doesn't come from any efficiency. It's coming from like a place that makes no sense. Like I'll pull out like 10 of my planners, have them laying around me. And I just, (laughs) I'm just trying to find some dang sense of control. And that is what happens when I'm like at my breaking point. And so I've really tried instead of doing that to let myself rest let myself like have a little more sense of calm. So it was actually really beautiful that I found the yoga path, especially for Mm -hmm. my number, because I deeply needed something to bring me a deeper sense of peace. Oh, I hear that. It's like that nervous energy. The nervous system's just like, move, do. And then (laughs) your inner self, you're just like, no, be, peace. I know. (laughs) And you have that wing three. And I know that we go into a good productive mode together as well. And yeah, we can probably relate with our little little three side. Um, But let me go through each number just in case. This is definitely something that you can look into and reference. But just so you have it in this podcast, episode. I'm going to go through each number and what number it goes to in stress and what number it goes to in growth. So type ones in stress will become more like a four. In growth, they will become more like a seven. So picture that perfectionist feels like there's one right way to do things. They get to become more fun, loving, and growth and learn to let things go, let life be more adventurous, drop a lot of it. And that's probably where they started off as a kid in that fun, loving um 
goofy, spontaneous side. And then somewhere along the way, they got a lot more rewarded for being productive, doing things right, achieving in some way. Type ones and threes are both like very goal oriented, but yeah, type ones got rewarded for doing a good job and seen for that. In stress, ones will become more like a four. So they kind of withdraw, they pull back, they get into that moody, emotional state. And yeah, they kind of are out for themselves and are kind of embodying more of the darker side of the four, which is withholding a lot, really letting a lot of emotions out on people in the wrong way. Type twos, we just did for cat, stress, they go to an eight, growth, they go to a four. So we'll move on to type threes. And three, six, and nine are all in a triangle with each other. So they're the only three numbers that will go to the same two numbers, just kind of in vice versa of each other. But three, six, and nine, I always say when people are in my triangle, like I can feel that kind of exchange of energy because we bounce to opposite numbers, but all within the same triangle. So three, six, and nine, little hype for our triangle here. Type threes in growth become more like a healthy six like me. So type threes, instead of manically achieving, they start thinking of future scenarios and maybe play in a little bit of the worst case scenario thinking so that they protect their energy a little more and drive it towards the right things, not necessarily go after every single thing. And maybe as a six, they had a little bit more of that consciousness and were able to kind of think things through in a way that was productive, not always anxiety provoking, but able to deeply think before going right into action mode. And then in stress, they become the nines. Threes take a whole heck of a lot to go into their stress number. But when they do, they crash and become peacekeepers. But nines, that nine in stress, threes just get shut down. All of a sudden, they are like sick. They want to lay in bed. They can't do anything. They come. They become completely unproductive, and that takes a lot for a three to crack. But when they crack, they really crack. <laughs> um, then type fours in growth, they become a one, and in stress, they become more like a two. So when a type four, who's that individualist creativity, gets into chronically helping people too much, they're forgetting to check in with their own need and their own their own desires and what they are needing out of things. In growth, they become more like a one. My sister is a four. She's just become a badass advocate for large things. They're really good at seeing the big picture, helping. Um, and yeah, they can get a little bit of that perfectionist to their creativity, but it can be really beautiful what they can come up with when they're working more with their growth number. Type fives and growth become more like an eight. So instead of withdrawing all the time, they're able to speak their mind, share their desires, maybe let some of their opinions out instead of withholding all of it. They have that nice bite, but in a good, healthy debater way. And they take all that knowledge that they constantly want to learn and they actually share it out to where they can have the world comment on it and exchange some of their information that they're always gathering as a type five. And in stress, they become more like a seven. So they become very avoidant. They often, my dad is a five and he definitely loves to go out on a lot of drives and go, um, travel when he is stressed out. He likes to get away. They kind of do it in a manically impulsive way, not always in a like planned out way. They can have a really strong avoidant behavior. 
I already went over type six, but stress, they become a three. Growth, they become a nine. And then type sevens in stress become a one. In growth, they become the fives. So they take that spontaneous, manic, fun, happy energy. And in growth, they get really curious. I think sevens are so cute when they're going into their growth number because they become like little scientists and start deeply studying into things. And they're (laughs) such good studiers when they slow down and they pick something to focus on. They really can take a lot of that information in and make it really productive versus manically jumping around and avoiding pain. They can hone in on something and really deeply learn it. And they're usually kind of like real cute as kids too. And that like starting off in your growth number type fives are usually really into like really niche subjects. And then somewhere along the way, they start kind of Usually sevens have had actually the most traumatic past of any of the other Enneagram types. That is usually why they're so pain avoidant. So a lot of type sevens, if you read like the celebrity list, a lot of them have had a lot of mental health struggles and a lot of traumas, which is why they are so pain avoidant. Um, then to go into type eight, we're almost there guys (laughs) growth. They become a two and in stress, they become a five. So type eights as kids often are usually the helpers going around and helping everyone, but somewhere along the way, they really feel like they need to stand up and take charge. They maybe got taken advantage of too much for helping. Um, and yeah, go into a mode where they're able to challenge the people around them, debate. They're looking to get more into that sweet side. So if you know a type eight in your life, they're usually very um, kind of domineering. But it's so cute because underneath it all, they really in growth become more like that helper. So they can have this really hard shell because they're scared to be vulnerable. But as you give them something to help and you trust them, they usually can soften so much more than you think they can. So I'm never intimidated by a big dominant energy because I assume they're a type eight and that I can find help them find their two. If I just give them a little direction, I have definitely a lot of type eights in my life. And so I like the little bite at first. And then there's a nice gooey scent. And then finally, our type nines, when they are stressed out, my I have multiple best friends who are type nines. When they are stressed out, they become a six like me, except in all the wrong ways. Like that fear-based thinking is not productive. They will tell you every possible thing going wrong in the world and they hardly can function because of how much they are taking in. So when they are stressed, they're like telling you every single thing bad and they just can't get out of it. So you have to really pull those nines out when they go into their stress mode because the worst case scenario thinking, which is already kind of a hard number. It's hard to be a type six, but to go there and stress is taking that shadow side of the six and embodying it. And I have a lot of friends that I'm like, oh, we're in a dark place. They're telling, <laughs> they're, they're going deep. So I have to drag them out. And then in growth, they become a three. So that nine that sometimes gets the rap for like always uh, yeah, moving slower, kind of resting more, they can actually become very productive when they are honoring their own needs. They're working on making sure they're going towards the things that they want to go to. And they, yeah, they let go of a little bit of that need to always like stay so shelled in and learn to just make their life with the proper people around them that are going to make them feel that sense of safety, that sense of comfort, so they can embody the type three a little bit more and move towards their goals. 
So there it is. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. So much amazing information. Like the fact that you know all of this and can just recite it like that is so impressive to me. And I know that our listeners are going to have a lot to, to dig into, to taste out, to digest, and to share based on all of this. Yes. It's so much fun. It is such a good deep dive. And it's so interesting because once you know your base number, you can go on the Enneagram Institute and kind of do, I recommend reading all of the numbers. I think it's just super interesting, but you can look at what your number looks like when it's doing better, what your number is going to kind of mirror as it's looking worse. And you're kind of in a, I'm not taking care of myself place. And the other fun part is you can play with your compatibility with other numbers. So I have done that in my life so many times, like type six with the type two. That's me and Danny. Such hmm. a funny read. And when I search the compatibility on the Enneagram Institute between our types, it basically gave me a list of every single thing that me and Danny fight over, which is just <laughs> so funny. Like it's the, it was the exact power dynamic that we struggle with. And so that deeply helped with communication. And I also ran my number with my mom's number, my number with my sister's number, my dad's number. And yeah, it was childhood healing in a way that I would have never thought. And it really helped me let go of a lot of shit from my past. And I do think that with all of these personality tests, it's really good to get a view of yourself. I think it's also important that we don't over identify so much with our number that we don't continuously do the work to kind of unlearn ourselves because Mm -hmm. as we share on this podcast all the time the reason I think Enneagram can kind of be spiritual is you're working on unlearning you're learning to help unlearn and, and let go of some of those things you maybe picked up along the way because when you have a better better tool system in your mind to catch your actions and why you're doing it, then you usually can move through life with a lot more mindfulness. So I think the personality tests are way less on helping you over identify and make excuses for why you do what you do and finding a sweet balance to maybe extending grace on yourself because you know some of the qualities of your number, but also then working on trying to release and let that go. Yeah, and one other great idea of how you can utilize this tool to help, you know, continue to understand yourself and others better in group settings is um, going to your employer with something like this. If you work for, you know, a cool place that's open to personal development, professional growth, looking for team building opportunities, my old workplace used to do this. So that's why it came to mind. I love but it. having some sort of workshop where everybody takes their their Enneagram test and then shares out and explains how they see this present in themselves in the workplace. And by understanding that, you can then grow together. And by understanding what someone else is really skilled at, you can delegate different tasks that way. So just another idea in case you are, you know, responsible or um, if your, your management has 
has things like this that they're always looking for. I love that. That would be absolutely amazing. I pretty much make every coworker take it anyway. I really <laughs> love that. Um, the other, like, such, oh my gosh, I think it is so funny. I don't go on Facebook hardly at all anymore, but I do deeply miss this about Facebook. I followed probably, I so I'll tell you which ones, honestly. I follow the type one page. I follow the type six page. I follow the type two page and the type <laughs> nine page. And they have like giant groups. And so you can follow your Enneagram group on Facebook. And it's like, the type one group and what they talk about is so high level and so <laughs> nerdy. And then the type two group is always like telling each other like, love you guys. They're just so lovey. Wait, and, that's hilarious. And daddy <laughs> always shows me memes from the type two group. And it's like memes that I would not think are funny. And it's just like some joke about over people pleasing. And Danny just oh like, my God, Danny I'm responds. joining this. response you'll probably see danny on there he loves it and it's just all these little jokes about overextending yourself and then the type nine group is the funniest of them all i'm not kidding because they all probably spend the most time on the computer because they're way more usually nines are like resting they like love to rest so all Mm -hmm. of their memes are so good about anyone like i saw one time this girl commented she's like anyone else been in bed a couple days and there was like 300 comments like yeah like what you guys doing (laughs) this group is cracking me up like they're just out resting in the world and my one of my closest friends who learned she was a nine it felt so good for her to learn that there's like a whole group of people that need double the recharge time and she loved Mm -hmm. that for herself and finding that group to connect with was huge for her my type six group is very very funny and we also are like always worried about something there's like an equal balance of wit and anxiety in the type six group like either a problem or we're like yeah trying to make light of it also sixes are always trying to yeah figure things out sixes most commonly mistype as helpers because we do want to figure out how to help people but it's kind of more for the motive of moving through life with less anxiety and kind of knowing the inner workings of everyone so there's a lot of deep dives on the six page of like what would you guys do about this? <laughs> what would you do about this? And I'm like, I love it. The anxiety is loud and clear. So I highly recommend tapping into your your Enneagrams group. And then I love the Enneagram page. It's spelled K-A-M dot Enneagram. She does tons of amazing series. We can share a few on our Insta Instagram page when this episode comes out so that you guys can see a few of the studies she has done in like the group um, series because I really think she's done an amazing job of deep deeply breaking down the temperaments behind a lot of them. And there's a lot of side dissection. I won't get too into this in this episode, but a lot of the numbers kind of can link in how they process more with their heart, process more with their gut, process more with their head. And there's just kind of different forms of thinking. And so this comes into kind of the thinker versus feeler, which maybe I've talked about in a couple episodes, but some people just generally feel before they think or think before they feel. And so learning just how other numbers respond to things going around them and learning that general temperament and what numbers kind of match that is just all a very fun deep dive if you want the resource to better understand the people around you and maybe why they do what they do so you can let go of some of the attachment to 
making everything so dang personal. <laughs> you know? And having some compassion, compassion, yes. compassion. That's Abs- what it's all about. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jen, for sharing your knowledge on all of this today. And we can't wait to hear from you all. We want to learn what your type is, what your wings are, and what you resonated most with from this episode. Yes, and don't don't forget to go on, review our podcast. The reviews really help us get our podcast out to more people, and we will see you next week. See you, everyone. Thanks. Bye.